This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. And there's a reason that the Lord revealed the bitterness and the depression of a man named Jeremiah to you because you can relate. Do any of you have a friend where you say, I know so much about him and so much about her more than I care to know, but they tell you everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And everyone has a family member. You have a relative, you have a distant relative. Somebody in your circle is like that with you, and you know so much. And Jeremiah is the prophet in the Old Testament that we know the most about because he tells us about himself. And he's the most self-revelatory. In other words, he just tells you, here's my problem and here's my issue with the Lord. And so this message, get this, is so heavy that I purposely added two lighter stories just to make you feel a little better. And to to start with one, a story that I found that I didn't believe was true. Occasionally, I will run across a story and I say, that's not true. That didn't really happen. Somebody made that up. But the more I researched this story, I traced it all the way back to Max Lucado, who's a prolific author who's written many, many books. That gave it some credibility. It comes out of Galveston, Texas, the same state that Max Lucado is from. Some of you may have heard it. I'd never heard it before. About a woman who owned a parakeet. She's cleaning the parakeet's cage with a vacuum cleaner. She's vacuuming the bottom of the cage, and it gets a phone call. She just lays down the vacuum with the, you know, the attachment off and turns around to answer the phone, and then she hears thump that sound that you know what I'm talking about, it pulled the parakeet into the canister of the vacuum cleaner. She panicked. She hung up the phone. She opened up the canister of the vacuum cleaner, found the parakeet alive, covered with that gray soot that you see in vacuum cleaners. She took him to the restroom where she put him under the sink and covered him in water to wash off the soot and then thought, I'm, I'm going to cause him to freeze to death. So she got a hairdryer out and started drying him off with a hairdryer. And he survived. And somebody found out about it. A Galveston newspaper must really be hurting for news. They did a story about the parakeet who was sucked into a vacuum, washed in a sink, and then had the hairdryer treatment from the beauty shop kind of thing. And I love this line. I tell you that story just to tell you what she said. She was asked, how is he doing? His name was Chippy. How is Chippy doing? And she said, he doesn't sing anymore. He just stands on his perch and stares a lot. Some of you are married to Chippy. (laughs) Some of you have a cousin named Chippy. Some of you have a son or daughter, a parent named Chippy where you can describe they've been through so much trauma, figuratively or literally, they just just sit and stare. And maybe it captures in a humorous way the depression and the bitterness of a man named Jeremiah, who's so low that he lashes out 
at God. Here's a man who's a prophet of God. Here's the guy who said, before I was born, God had a plan for my life. Before I was formed in the womb, God knew me. The same guy that wrote that, yeah, is the one who said, God, you tricked me. Well, this passage may speak to you more than you're willing to admit, or I'm willing to admit, tomorrow on Crossover. That's crossover.org. Oh, Lord, you deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. This is, first of all, about what I call angry depression. You know, somebody can be depressed, but there's some people that have angry depression. They're mad. Mad at who? Everybody. They're mad at their family. They're mad at their employer. They're mad at their neighbors. They're mad at their spouse. They're mad at their children. I mean, you just name it. They're mad at everyone. And no one escapes their wrath or anger, and that's Jeremiah's complaint. And he accuses the Lord of deceiving me, and I was deceived into serving him. And I want you to notice just some of the things he mentions in verse 7. I'm ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. If you serve the Lord for any length of time, I've got an announcement to make for you or to you. You will have people that will mock you. They'll make fun of you. They will make fun of your belief system. They will make fun of the fact that you honestly believe this book called the Bible. Tell me the truth. You really do. Yeah, I do. And they have unbelievable cynicism that develops in their life because of that. Verse 8 says, So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. Insult and reproach is something that's not fun at all. You may have suffered insult or reproach for reasons that you deserved. Some people do deserve that, and they've they've earned it. But Jeremiah felt this was not coming his way. And then I want to talk about verse 10 just for a minute. He said, all my friends are waiting for me to slip. Do you have people watching you at work? In your neighborhood, they're just waiting for you to make a mistake so they can verbally pounce on you. Aha, I finally caught you. I knew you weren't the perfect woman or man you claimed to be. And they use sarcasm and and to do that, waiting for you to slip up. But the heavy-duty stuff comes, believe it or not, later on in the chapter, and that's what I'm going to read right now. Verse 14, cursed be the day I was born. May the day my mother bore me not be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought my father the news, who made him very glad, saying, A child is born to you, a son. May that man be like the towns the Lord overthrew without pity. May he hear wailing in the morning, a battle cry at noon, for he did not kill me in the womb. And with my mother as my grave, her womb enlarged forever. Why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow and to end my days in shame? 
Do you see how remarkably depressing this passage is when somebody said something, maybe you thought, cursed be the day I was born. That is significant depression when a man or woman or young person says, why was I even born? Why did I even come to this earth to live? And that is the the height of depression and the height of bitterness. One psychologist reviewing this passage said this, He said there's depression and there's bitterness. And then he said there's dark depression and dark bitterness. And he said, this is the dark stuff. This is the dark stuff where Jeremiah was so dark and deep into his depression and anger that he said, cursed be the day I was born. And I was interested in the remark, cursed be the man who brought my father the news. And I wondered, why would he say that? And then it dawned on me. Jeremiah was a news bringer. He was a one who shared news. And he was saying, the man who brought my dad the news that I was born, cursed be him. That's how dark his depression is. Dr. William Lasore said, I was present in New York City a few years ago at the meeting of a psychological group when one of the papers read at the meeting attempted to psychoanalyze Jeremiah. I don't know enough about psychiatry to give the details, but I am certain that if Jeremiah had not been the Lord's servant, he might have well been neurotic. He did have issues. And don't look at that as something, well, that disqualifies him for being a prophet of God. It may be just the opposite. Think of all that he had to endure as a prophet of God, the rejection of his people with discouragement, depression, and desperation. And we know more about the prophet Jeremiah than any other prophet, any other prophet, because he tells us his story. Now, I don't want to leave you with this two negative passages, because right in the middle of this is a passage of hope. Right in the middle of the same passage, is a passage of hope and something we can point to and say, well, maybe it's not as bad as we think. And I want to begin by reading verse 11. But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. So my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. I want you to know that this passage tells me something very important about depression, bitterness, and anger that's in your life, you're not alone. And I want to talk about that phrase that may not have any significance to most people here today. The Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. Verse 11. Let's bring that back up if we can. Verse 11. The Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. This is the day when armies would face off and on a battlefield, and the general or the king would send out one warrior. And he would represent that whole nation. Who knows the most famous example of that in the Bible where both armies sent out one person? Who was it? David and Goliath. Goliath was the mighty warrior for the Philistines. And he was sent out and the challenge was made, send somebody out to fight this guy. And whoever won that combat between the two mighty warriors, they won the war. Saved a lot of lives to do things that way. It was very bloody and very awful, horrific. And so 
Jeremiah says, the Lord is with me like the mighty warrior. He's the one representing the Lord, and he stands with me. So my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced, and dishonor will never be forgotten. Why do you need to know that? You need to know it because of what Paul Taylor says. Life is hard, but God is there. He's right there beside us, and there's hope. Sometimes God calls us into dark places. May we have the courage to follow him there. Sometimes we still fall apart, but that's okay. Because even when we fall apart and ask God, what are you doing? We know the answer. God has called us. He is with us. That's a great word. That is a great word. It really is. I want to tell you a story about a movie that I never, not only didn't see, I never heard of it. It came out in 2006. Some of you may have seen it because it had well-known actors in it. It was a movie called Stranger Than Fiction, made in 2006, starring Will Ferrell and Emma Thompson from England. I'd never even heard of the movie. IRS auditor Harold Crick is the main character, Will Ferrell. He begins to hear the voice of an unseen woman narrating the events of his life. That would sound like a, perhaps a crazy person, someone with schizophrenia. He soon discovers that the voice belongs to the author of a novel in progress and that he's the main character. So everywhere he goes, he hears the voice of this woman, Emma Thompson, in his head, dictating the details of his life in this part of her novel that actually is his life story. And in the story, he finds out that she's talking about the day of his death, and he finally meets her. Somehow in the circumstances of the movie, he meets this woman who's the narrator of his life in his head. And he comes to her and says, can't you change the story? Do I have to die? Can't you change the story? Why do I have to die? Jeremiah's confronting the narrator in his life and saying, Lord, you, you tricked me into serving you, and I've had undergone this horrible stuff in my life, and yet he was able to come to the place where he said, and yet the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. Doesn't mean a lot to us today in 2020, but it meant a lot to him when he, this was written. To have God with you as a mighty warrior meant it, you had the ultimate defense. Let me lighten up with a little story here told by Marvin Phillips. Marvin was a minister, I believe, in Tulsa, Oklahoma years ago. True story that he tells about being on a plane with an older couple pre-9-11, but in the day when planes occasionally were hijacked, and the older couple were sitting next to him in a three-seat row, and the woman was saying, I don't like flying. He said, why? He said, well, people come on these planes with guns and knives, and we'll end up going to a place where we're not planning on going. I don't want to be on a hijacked aircraft. The woman's husband said, honey, it'll be fine. The Lord's with us. He tried to calm her down, and she never said a word the rest of the flight. And so they flew the couple hours, whatever it was, on that flight. And finally, the plane made the approach to the airport. And as soon as the wheels touched down on the ground, 
He said, see there, we're here. And his wife looked at him and said, we ain't there yet. We ain't there yet. I thought it was funny, but evidently you didn't. We ain't there yet. Some of you have been with people who are the we ain't there yet kind of mentality, but maybe that's you. Maybe that's me. Because depression and anger and sadness and bitterness can run deep in the lives of people like you and me. I want to share this thought by Paul Taylor as I wrap up today. Paul Taylor is a minister, and he said he knows people that unfortunately think depression is sinful. Well, you may have known some people who have told you your depression is sinful or questioned what's going on in your life to make you depressed that's your fault. That is a common experience, more common than we probably are willing to admit. We'll conclude this message tomorrow on CrossOak. That's crossoak.org. I want to share this thought by Paul Taylor as I wrap up today. Paul Taylor is a minister, and he said he knows people that unfortunately think depression is sinful. He said, I've had several Christian friends who have struggled with depression, and it's really been shocking what some Christian attitudes toward depression, what they are. People will say things like, well, you must have some unconfessed sin in your life, or you just need to trust God more. There can be an attitude in Christian circles that it's not okay for people to struggle with life, and I mean really struggle, like we see Jeremiah struggling, and that doesn't make sense. The Bible shows us that Jeremiah cursing the day of his birth, the Bible shows us that David looked back over his life with deep regret and depression, the Bible shows the Apostle Paul despairing of life, and you say, what's your point? That's real life. And some of you can identify with that in the God of creation, the God of salvation and atonement and redemption is the God who's with you when you're angry, when you're depressed, and even when you're bitter. That's the message today. Why? Because the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. And when that mighty warrior represented the country and would go out and fight, he wasn't aware of it of the bitterness of people in that army but he was fighting on their behalf. I find that intriguing. The Lord is with you no matter what you feel. Why do you need to know that? Because some of you feel bad right now with what's going on with COVID. And you're worried about the country and you're worried about the future and you're like Will Ferrell in the movie, why do I have to die? And the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior even in death, even in death. I I did a funeral this week. It was one of the biggest funerals I've done. Uh, Trey Smith is here. His father's funeral a few weeks ago was the biggest one I've done in a long time, but this was the biggest one I've done at a funeral home this week. It was packed. And I shared with these people that regardless of what you believe spiritually, You need to hear the scripture, what Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He said, it doesn't matter what I say, but it sure matters what he said. 
doesn't matter what I think ultimately about life and death and eternity, but it does matter what Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said about life, death, and eternity. I love telling people about 2 Corinthians 5 at a funeral. That to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. You need to know that 2 Corinthians 5 is not only in the Bible, but that it's true. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Why do you need to know that? Because of the end of your life and the end of my life. Just like Will Farrell said, why do I have to die? We all face death. We all come to, it's appointed unto men once to die, the Bible says. And after that, the judgment. That's not my idea. I didn't come up with that. That's the Lord's idea. And so we read today the most depressing passage of Scripture, a man who curses the day of his birth, which I understand is pretty common for people who are seriously depressed. Well, this message may be speaking to you more than you're willing to admit. And this series continues next week with a great passage. God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. You need to hear it on crossover.org. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries, Incorporated.